You're listening to After the Encore, the music podcast that explores what happens after the music fades, what happens after the encore. This is Volume 1, The Stars at Night. I am your host, Joe Shaw, and this is Track 2 with Brandon and Jackie, the Gibbonses. You gotta let the good in when you're feeling low. Hey, that music loud as you head on down the road. Gotta let the good in, it'll save you, save your soul. Keep playing that rock and roll. You're listening to After the Encore. I am Joe Shaw, and I am here with Brandon and Jackie, the Gibbonses. How are y'all doing today? We're good. We are great. We're yeah, excited thanks. to be here. Oh, I'm really excited. So y'all are a Americana duo. Is that correct? That's yes. correct. Okay. I said new country in my notes, and I think that's incorrect. That is incorrect, but okay. people say it often, and it it's not our favorite thing to hear. Okay. Okay. Well, let's... <laughs> Let's talk about that. So what, what does Americana mean? Americana is a blanket term we can all use nowadays when you don't want to fit in a country or a folk box, oh. but you're kind of both or blues or what else? Like bluegrass? Roots, Root, roots yeah. rock, bluegrass, all those like, yeah. all those things. You it's don't want Americana. to be into one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, sure. Exactly. I like right, it. Very right. nice. Well, so y'all... Let, let's kind of start at the beginning. So, Jackie, I know you very little bit. A very, I was like very little bit, a very little, little, same, same. Yep. So, we worked together briefly back in 2007. Yeah. And Brandon and I just met you like literally five minutes ago. Yes. But let's take it back to, so Jackie, you are from Texas as much as I know. Yeah. Your parents are from up north, correct? Very correct, yes. Okay. <laughs> up north is a broad term, just like Americana. But very impressive <laughs> that you knew that. <laughs> My parents are from Chicago, okay. uh, but they moved here in the early 90s and um, and started their family. So they have my older brother and myself. So I was born and raised in Arlington, Texas. Very nice. And then Brandon? Yeah, I'm from Connecticut, actually. Okay. Um, You're from up north. I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then... You know, but I'm loving Texas. It's been about five years since we've been here. That was a lot of yada 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 from Connecticut to Texas. So, like, how did you? How did well, I get well, there? We'll get the, well, we'll get there because I know that there's a lot of that too. But I guess for both of y'all, when did when did the performance bug, I guess, hit? Right? When did you start saying like, I want to perform? I want to play music. I want to learn music. I really want this to be something I'm, you know, I am passionate about. I want to really devote my time and energy and efforts to. Yeah. Well, I actually started playing uh, in the orchestra in fourth grade okay. I believe and, and, and I did that for for two years and then I got to middle school and I found out that there was this thing called study hall where you didn't have to do any work right right and that's where they had orchestra <laughs> rehearsal and I was like you know what I'm just gonna do nothing instead so I, I, I quit oh that's perfect I quit violin uh, in the sixth grade but then of course um, I think it was about eighth grade I picked up the guitar and I really think it was pretty pretty much right away that that was the first kind of thing I was always that kid that went my parents used to say I never stuck with anything. I'd try this, try oh, that. Oh, sure. You know? I hear you. Um, and I remember really two things. I wanted to be an astronaut, 
and then I want to be a musician. Right. Um, so I've got the musician thing covered. So now I'm thinking about moving on to the astronaut thing in a, sure, in yeah, a couple of years. Sure, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's working out really well. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, you're so colorblind, if, so you're done. Oh, I'm sorry. Man. I should have told you a long time ago that was oh, never going to happen. I think they have those glasses now that I can get. So that that's what's re-sparked re yeah, like, my hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like one side is blue and one side's red. Oh, wait, no, that's red. 3D movies. Never mind. <laughs> 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 Go on, I'm sorry. No, right, right. Uh, yeah, no, that was that was pretty much it. I think eighth grade, um, and it was just at that point, it was all I could think about, all I could focus on. Sure. Um, and parents hated that for a long time, of and um, you know, eventually we we reconciled that difference. Right. But were you at all trying to get any women? Was that uh, any any motivation? Because like that was the reason I was interested in the guitar, but it didn't work out. So I'm I'm curious. It, it did work out for you, so I figure that was maybe less of a focus. Yeah, I mean it was um, it, it was a consequence. Let's oh. say I guess oh, sure. it came along your, not in a bad way. Your like, cross it was, to bear. It was just um, it happened. It wasn't the reason. I don't sure, think. Sure. Although, you know, now that you really take me back there, I think there was a girl in eighth grade that I was trying oh, to yeah, impress. Man. So. Let's I talk all about it. I know. This is one you don't know about. <laughs> You're hearing it here first. <laughs> so, Jackie, how about you? Yeah. So, I didn't really have much of an opinion or say in the matter. Um, okay. My, <laughs> my dad was a musician, and they both um, – I was born into the plan that I was going to be a singer. Okay. Um, and they didn't know if I could sing, but they were just going to make sure well, it well, worked out. It's a good thing that you can. You know? <laughs> they threw me in voice lessons when I was, I think, four and a half. Oh, wow. And Thinking of my daughter being in voice lessons right now. Yeah. Ooh. It's very young, I think. Yeah, it is. But I remember. I mean, was, I have very early memories of that. Um, but, yeah, so I, I – just always remember doing it. I don't have I don't have memories of learning how to sing in those really you know beginning phases. Um, I just always remember doing it. Sure. So I grew up in musical theater, as you know. Yep. Um, that's where our paths crossed. Right. <laughs> and I did that forever. Um, and then it wasn't until much later in life, like in the middle of college, which I don't know if we want to go that deep right this second. Right. We'll get to it. We'll okay. get to it. <laughs> Great. Is when like the actual becoming just a just a singer was like sort of you know moved into my physical desires and um so up until that point it was just all musical theater my entire life I right. bounced from community theater to community theater high school theater and went to college for it and that was all I right. really knew so was it a lot of I guess it was you know is the plan at that point like Broadway or bust kind of yes. a thing like this is this is the plan I'm going to be a singer I am a singer I'm now performing this is like you know, ipso facto, I'm going to go to Broadway kind of a thing. Literally Broadway or bust. It was like, I yeah. was, I, from four years old on, I was like, my entire plan was to be on Broadway and sure. to train for Broadway and anything else was going to feel like a failure in those days. Right, right, right. <laughs> is how it felt. Was there any point during that time where success came difficult? So like, was there a specific performance or anything where you experienced hardship or was it very like, no, I kind of had this innate natural ability to kind of get the roles I wanted right off the bat. No. <laughs> so I, I'm really short. I know it's a podcast. People can't see that. Right, right, right. I'm really short. And in those days I was like very chubby. <laughs> and so I was like hardly a chorus girl. And I was, sure. it was a very narrow window of opportunity. I was always going to be cast as the character actress mm, or the sidekick mm -hmm, or the best friend, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, the, the character scope was always very limited and I knew that going in. And also I had a terrible to none head voice. Like I had no upper register. Uh, I was just okay. a belter. And like, sure. that was all I could do. Yeah. And I was always trying to, you know, get away with like 
can we change the key a little? Like <laughs> she still does. For I the still record. do. It's, just, it's more convenient now. But like asking, you know, like uh, an orchestra to, <laughs> to, to um, change the key. Tap, 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 tap. Excuse me. But um. literally, I, I remember I got cast one year. I got cast um, as oh, I just forgot the character's name in Susical the Musical. The the uh, bird. Oh yeah, I don't remember. Not Maisie, the cool Broadway bird, but sure. like the snippy little bird. Oh. Anyway, and she and the register was just like so high, and I yeah. I remember vividly crying my eyes out. I can't sing that high. I don't have the head voice for that. And it was just a mess. So anyway, no, there were lots of lots of issues with where sure. I wanted to fit into this world. It was very narrow for me from day one between my physique and what my voice was capable of really. Comfortable, being comfortable with. But I love that you know you kind of you kept at it and kept at it. And was that a lot of you know in in how do I put this inner uh, motivation, inner inner grit, or was this something that also you know you talked about your parents had this plan? Mm. Was this something that they were constantly like helping and shaping and molding or like no 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 no, this is you got to keep at it, you got to stick with it, you gotta you gotta you know like. Tough love kind of a thing. Yeah, I think it was a mixture. I think it was all of that. My dad was like a huge, like Mama Rose. You'll know, you'll know what that means. <laughs> Intense yes, yes. Mama yeah, Rose. Yeah. <laughs> My mom was always just trying to figure out like where she fit in because she was like Lucy. She had no tone, no talent, but loved to be a part of the, of sure. the pack. Of course, of course. Um, and so, <laughs> bless you, Mom. I know you're listening. Um, but, um, but it was also like... I felt that, that was what I was supposed to be doing with my life. And and yes, I was pushed into it, but I I never really doubted that I was off course and like that I was supposed to be doing anything else. Nothing else interests me nearly as much as as musical theater did. Sure. And performing. Sure. And then I know that, you know, obviously you're in a band now, but was there anything where you, did you have friends that, because let me frame this in, in a specific way. I had friends who were doing musical theater that were also performing in like cover bands or singing mm. on the side. Was this something that you noticed a lot of your peers doing as well? And was it something that you had considered at that point? Obviously we know like where your path is taken, but, but like kind of what was, what were some of those early days and conversations like? Yeah. So I dabbled in that kind of stuff too. I, Johnny High's Country Music Review, mm, which mm-hmm, isn't open mm-hmm. anymore, but right. you know, we I did a bunch of that, and I did a lot of one-off just singing gigs and shows. So it was always kind of in the back of my mind that that was a thing I loved to do. Sure. And then, yeah, I, once I got into high school, I had a lot of guy friends who like were in musical theater, but also played guitar, right. and that was really really cool. We'll to talk watch. more about those right, right. Oh, later. For I sure. Think. They <laughs> just, and you know, the funny thing about those guys is they just picked it up in eighth grade and didn't have any aspirations of totally. of talking to women at all. It just was a natural. Just, of a, it just had. Just a consequence exactly. across to bear. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think I was always kind of immersed in all of the, just the world of arts and music mm-hmm. and theater and dance. I mean, it was just everything I knew and it was my entire community of friends. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Did so, that answer your question? Yeah, no, totally. Okay. Even if it didn't, it did. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so Brandon, let's, let's pivot back to you up, you know, in Connecticut, you know, a damn Yankee, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> I love like, all the musical right, theater right. references. <laughs> Buckle up. There's going to be a lot. No. So, so as you're now, you know, finding out that you're enjoying the guitar and you're innately talented with the guitar, or I guess, let me back up. I assumed you were just off the bat. Great. How was that for you? Because I know some people, like, they have a natural ability with a lot of instruments to just pick it up. And, like, it, you know, there's always a learning process, but sometimes it's less than others. So what was that process like for you? Um, yeah, so I guess it was so it was eighth grade going into high school. And um, I had a, 
my my best friend is a, an incredible jazz trumpet player, and I mean he was he was kind of like my my guiding person okay. back then. That you know I remember playing. Uh, he had a a band. It was called the Iron Mangoes. Ooh, nice! And um, I like it. I, I, they may still be a version of them around, but you know, it was like one of these like <laughs> ten piece like funky bands. They had oh, a horn yeah. section and all this stuff. And I remember you said horn section, right? Yes. Okay. Horn. Just, horn. Just checking. Yes. Just checking. Okay, cool, cool. Oh, oh just sorry. <laughs> sorry. I I was like, I was like a, a, a horn section. Okay. Um. Anyways, um. <laughs> so that was like one of my first. I remember like the first time I played guitar with people was playing like Nirvana it smells like teen spirit oh, with nice. this like 10 piece like, funk band. <laughs> like, amazing. If that and, doesn't uh, immerse you, I don't right? know what does. <laughs> uh and then so I, I guess we got we got into high school and and I remember, you know, I I was a big Blind Melon fan uh and Pearl Jam like Pearl Jam sure. 10 was probably the biggest influence okay. of guitar playing uh for me. And Somebody told me that if you could play jazz, you could play anything because it was really hard. Sure. And so I was like, well, I want to be able to play all these really cool guitar solos. Right, right. So, um, so that kind of got me into that that jazz world, and I I joined the high school jazz ensemble, and then um, I think it was my sophomore year of or junior, I guess would be the doesn't matter. The whatever. Sorry. <laughs> no, okay. Um, so let's like talk through timeline. Like, what time period is this? So this would be the third year of high school. No, no he right, wants right. to know like, how old you are. Yes, yes. That was my discreet way of asking. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. How, how, oh, how old I am now? Or he how old were you? It was in so, the 90s okay, is what he's asking. Right, because you're talking about you're like Nirvana Musical. and Pearl Jam. Yes. I'm like, my friends picked up a guitar because they wanted to play three power chords and emulate Blink-182. I was going to say, yeah, we're, <laughs> he's about, he's a few years older than okay, us. Gotcha. Just a few. Okay, so just checking in. So the other night we were uh, we were up in Littlefield, Texas, and we had just finished this gig, and we were sitting around the patio uh, afterwards, and I realized that I was the oldest person by quite a bit in the room, <laughs> and that was the first time that it happened. I'm but sorry. is it happening again right now? It is as happening well? right now. That's okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. It's okay. It works. So so, but you're entering into is it junior year? You said at yeah. this point, and yes. so you've been working on you know mastering this jazz yeah guitar so that way you can then translate those skills into a lot simpler stuff because you want to do a bunch of different cool solos right right and i did I, you know i had like a high school um you know band the, right like rock band that we that we uh i had but um so it was about the i think junior year there was a in hartford connecticut i grew up in like a small town about an hour away but they had the greater hartford uh Academy of the Arts or something. Okay. Academy of the Performing Arts at the time. So there was a theater uh, department and then a music department and um, we would go at noon we would get bussed over to Hartford to go to this art school for the half the sure. half the day. Go Whalers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. That's yeah. a, that's a retro 90s hockey room. Are they even still nope. a thing? Mm-hmm. I wow. I that's... figured since we're talking about the 90s and you're much older I figured you would get that. I did get that. Um <laughs> So, yeah, this is really difficult. To- <laughs> no, 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 that's good. So you got bust over. That's what you're talking about. Right, right. It's just taking me back and making me you're realize all the, all the years between yes. now and then. I like it. Um, so, yeah, I would get bust over there. And so we would, you know, I would end up being it. I wouldn't get home from school until about 6 o'clock. And then at the same time, I was going to my high school's jazz ensemble, which met at like 6.30. So I really slept um, – in class between the end of jazz band and the time my bus came to take me to the other music school. Gotcha. And um, that's where I got my rest in those, those last like, couple Which years. class was it, if you don't remember? All of them. Oh, wait, you don't remember. I don't know why I'm asking. All of them. I don't. <laughs> um, yeah. So but, that's fascinating. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And so, Jackie, as you're going through kind of your, you know, you went to 
it was it Arlington Martin? Went to Martin. Martin. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Go Warriors. Sure. Um, yep. Go Whalers. Right. Go sure. Warriors. Go Whalers. Sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> but as you're at Arlington Martin now, and you're going through there, did you do theater in high school there as well as with community, or was it just community? Because I have friends that you know that have done both, and and there's obviously upside and downside to both. Yeah, I think I tried to do both, and mm. I wasn't very successful at high school theater. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure to this day why. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I tell you, I've had this conversation with people before, and it's because, you know, like, no disrespect to high school theater, but it seems to me that high school theater, in Texas specifically, is very... I don't want to say formulaic or cookie cutter, but it's like they're looking for specific stuff because of the stuff they have to submit for competitions, right? I would agree. Right? And so it's like whether it's one, you know, one act or whether it's the musical performances, they're like, we love all of these talented people, but if you're not in this type of shoebox for the shows we're trying to do, we're not going to be successful. We're not going to get our awards. We're not going to get this, like, funding or whatever, yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes very difficult if you're, if you're not in, like, this, like, basic mold where they can, like, copy and paste you totally. anywhere else. Totally. And I, as we've already said, right. very much never fit into right. the mold. <laughs> right. Which was fine now, but sure. at the time, I remember, you know, yeah, I had, I had a really hard time. I was in the, th the theater scene. Of course, that was my, that was where my friends, but... Um, I didn't get cast in a lot of things and I didn't get really significant roles, but then, you know, I was doing really cool shows at Casa Manana yes. and Theater Arlington yes. and it was like, okay, cool. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it was fine, but yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought. <laughs> now that you, you're really bringing Why? us back Why? to some things know, right, right now. That's the, that's I haven't my thought about it in a minute. This is also like a pseudo therapy session. I know. We're on a couch. <laughs> we are yes. on a couch. You notice yes. that too. How I don't does, know what's how, really going on How does on that here. make you feel? It I've got a notebook. It makes me feel you know? a little, <laughs> actually, I'm not over it, I think. Right. <laughs> well, it's right. really hard to because I think for a lot of times when we get caught up in our lives or we get caught up in something that we're more successful at, like y'all are in with the Gibbonses as well, and we'll get to that later on in the show, it's easy to kind of say, I didn't really need it. I'm going to stick it in a box and put it in my closet. Yeah. But we're not ever really working through it. We're just kind of ignoring the fact that it's there waiting for us. Yeah. And so when you get in this kind of situation, you're talking about it, you're just like, oh, I guess yeah, I really am bitter that I didn't get that icky, show. Yeah, that makes me feel a little icky, actually. You know, I could have been Mark from Rent. They didn't know. <laughs> you could have been Mark from Rent. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> Man, but you would have been amazing. Oh, thank you. I can you. see it. You have the glasses right well, now. Well, thank you. Right, so right. Uh, just give me a scarf and I'll be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> but so when you're doing the show, so you did quite a bit at Casa, I remember, as well. And so when you're there and you're in that professional environment, right? I know for me personally, when I was in that environment where I'm like stuck in high school, but in a professional theater working environment, it's it's really feels you're kind of like torn between two worlds because on the one hand you know we're very like under 18 still but also you feel like you're thrust into a world that is very adult right and I don't yes. mean that in a negative way no. I just mean like there's a lot of professional decisions people are doing this for their career they're making like you know daily decisions on what impacts their finances and we'll get into that aspect later as well but but how did that like kind of dichotomy work for you with with on the mental state with regards to trying to balance both of these two lives almost like with the high school like going through the high school world and then also dealing with like I'm I'm good enough to be in these professional working environments how did you I guess maybe even have the muster to finish high school at that point yeah so I would say that it made me extremely mature sure um I was always mature for my age everybody around me always said that and I'm, I'm proud of that um right. and I think it was because I was thrust into like being with adults very quickly mm -hmm. and I wanted to hang with the adults like yeah. I didn't want to be the baby in the room yep 
And so I think that allowed me to like just be a part of conversations and yep. experiences that like I don't know how else you would get them. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I loved that. I always loved being like I just loved being around the adults, even right. as a kid. Like I just always loved that. Yep. And um, and then I think when I I think the high school component, I found that I. I probably, if I'm being very reflective, I was extremely bitter and I was cocky mm-hmm. and I was a diva. Um, what? What? <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is news to Brandon. <laughs> yeah, right. No. Um, yeah, I would say those were the three qualities I would probably be very honest about if I was to really reflect. Um, sure. Yeah, because I felt like I, I felt like I deserved a seat at the table in these yeah. in these shows, or my friends who were just starting theater for the first time in their lives were like already farther ahead of me. Right in theater in high school and um i had the experience and the knowledge and i had i you know i've been practicing and honing my craft for right. 15 years by that point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it was like what's the problem it feel it feels almost a little insulting when you have when you're kind of in that high school environment and this is not a diss to high school theater at all but when you're in that environment and you've been exposed to this professional working environment and you've been working on it for so long and now you have these people trying to tell you what you can and cannot do with regards mm. to theater. And you're just like, all right, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody hold my wig. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know? Yeah, that was me. And, and it's, it, and for me, when I went to, when I went to college and like I, I joined Alpha Psi, the national theater fraternity, one thing I found a little validating, probably a little on the bitter side validating is <laughs> they were like, in order to be qualified to pledge, you had to have like so many theater points and like the points don't matter. It was like, whose line is it anyway? Like people can like make it work or not make it work. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But, they said anything you did in high school theater doesn't count towards points. And I was just like, that's because it doesn't matter. Oh my God, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I love it. And so I was just like, well, I did all this stuff with Casa. And they were like, yeah, that counts. You're in. And I'm just like, suck it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So if you're looking for a little bit of validation, there you go. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. You're welcome. But. <laughs> that's great. I didn't know that, but I would right. I would love that too if I were in your position. I was uh, I was president for for a year, so I got to see the handbook and realize that 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 was actually true, and people didn't just tell me that to make me feel better. So it is actual. I love it. Uh, accurate. So, but now like, but I guess then when so, once you graduated from high school, before you started going to uh, Boston Conservatory. Yes. Okay. Right. So before you went there, was there a little bit of a of a break between high school and college where you did shows or did you just start like right, like one to the other? Oh my gosh. I couldn't wait to go to college. Um, I visited Boston with an oral interpretation competition. Okay. Um, my sophomore year in high school and I fell in love with that city. I was like, this is where I want to be. It's so good. And it just happened to have one of the best musical theater schools in the country. So I was like, done. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And like I had a Boco shirt before I even like remotely (laughs) was able to apply and audition. Um, but so I was just really ready. So I had, I had done any prep work I possibly could leading up to the senior year when I had to do the auditions sure. first and applications and stuff. So, um, I don't, there was no transition. It was like, as soon as it was, okay. as soon as I was allowed to like make moves, I was making moves. Gotcha. Yeah. And so I want to put that on pause a little bit. Cause Brandon, you went to school in Seattle. Oh, no, that's a story. That's a oh, okay. Story oh, okay. Sure. Right. Um, I got to kind of back, back up a little sure, bit. Sure. So, sure. Um, I don't, this isn't something I think about often, no, but, okay. but as I as I dig back to it, so I actually had uh, the friction between my parents and and oh, I with okay. the music thing was. A, oh, that's a, right. We didn't. We never, we put a pin in that. Let's, we did let's, put a pin in that. Let's get back to that. Um, <sighs> so yeah, I actually ended up moving out um, when I was sixteen. Wow. Um, 
because you know i was i was in 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 hindsight when i look back at it i'm like i was an idiot i mean i i wasn't doing you know i wasn't doing anything but playing music so right. i was failing like all of the other things you right. know and so my parents were just kind of looking out for me but it, the only thing that they could see is well all he cares about is guitar and he's failing english so we're going right. to take his guitar away and as he, parents you're trying to protect you're right. trying to protect your children from everything. And it's hard sometimes to look at the present situation because you're only focused on this is going to lead to that potentially. Right. So I want to address this. So this doesn't happen. So yeah. Right. And just to put it into context to um, kind of defending my parents and for all of you young people, um, this was the I 90s. Lo- I love that you said young people. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> Sweetie, you're young. It's <laughs> Thanks. okay. Thanks. Hey, what just, did just you say to me the other day? You're the youngest you, looking person you, in the room. Uh, you, uh, that's you not are. what it was. You are. It was something with my age, and it really hurt. It did? Yeah. That sounds like me. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It, it does, definitely it does. does sound um, like me, yeah. But anyways, point being, this was this was the 90s, and so there were no cell phones. There were, I mean, I did not have a cell phone in sure. school. Internet was not in, you know, I was it was very new. Right. Um, so, I mean, I wanted, you know, to join Nirvana and, like, all the access that you had to these, these people right. you looked up to was, yeah. like, Hit Parader magazine. You right, know? that's I mean, true, yep. Um, so it was, it was a very different time, and, and it was just, like, the concept of being an independent working musician as a profession right. was very different than yeah, it is true. today. Um, so that said, I still was like, well, I'm moving out, and I'm going to do it on my own, and I did. And I, you I grabbed moved your out. guitar case. You I put on your leather jacket. Did. You And I think your hair I had back. a boom box in my other That's hand as well. That's just fantastic. For those of you young people that don't know what that is... <laughs> It's like a I'm really dead. big cell phone. I'm, loving this, <laughs> I'm just, I'm loving this visual imagery right now. This is fantastic. Um, oh, bad boy Brandon. Bad boy Brandon. So yeah, so um, you know, I did. I, I moved out at 16 in the middle in the middle of high school. So I actually was already li- living, you know, with friends and sleeping on couches. Okay, and, that was gonna and, be my next question. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I did that for two years. And wait, did the friends that you're staying with? Not to interrupt you, but the friends that you're staying with, they have parents, right? Yes, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just. Checking in that like like this is like they're condoning this in some in some way or at least supporting. like supporting and helping and checking okay yeah you're yeah not, you're not like downtown in like an abandoned building no no okay, no no good. no, no. Good. Um, but yeah I, I bounced around you. you know a lot those couple of years but um, I uh, so I got myself into that arts high school oh and, yeah and that's I, right that's and right, I did that right. and then I actually um, from there went to. Uh, the Hartford Conservatory, mm. which sounds like the Boston Conservatory. Right. I have actually heard of it. And actually, I guess it's kind of something. I was going to say, but the Hartford Conservatory went out of business. Oh. <gasps> Boco got bought Boco by Berkeley. Got bought by Berkeley. So, oh. I so I guess it also went kinda, out of this business. This is full circle now. <laughs> but like, it just was like not, you know, it was right, a little right. smaller of a I school. Um, but what was really cool about it, it was, it was kind of such a small school that I got a lot of really great you know, one-on-one time with some really awesome teachers. Yep. And I got a lot of performing and working opportunities sure. kind of through the school. Um, and I also, um, not that I get all of your super in-depth theater jokes, but I did a lot of pit orchestra work in those okay. days as well. So, totally. There like, you go. I'm familiar with Bat Boy, okay. which I feel like right. just there gives go. me there a little go. like. Yeah, and absolutely. Once on the Island. And once on the Island. You're very familiar right. with Once there on the Island. Did, did that one twice, actually. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was on the island. It was twice on this island so. for me. <laughs> 
Okay, so so Boko is four year? Four years. Four year. Yeah. Is the Harvard Conservatory Harvard Conservatory was two years. Okay, I know some conservatories are two and some are four and so okay. Right, which I didn't get. I only went gotcha. like for I went half time for two years. I only took the classes I wanted to take. Fantastic. Because um, that's just my style. And um and so to get <laughs> back to your, your question, so um Seattle. Yes. And how that happened. So um I had kind of somewhere in my late high school put in my head that there was this, I, well, I love Seattle and I had some friends that moved there. Gotcha. And so I was like, well, what music school is in Seattle? And so I found one and intended to go there, did the Hartford thing for two years and wanted to transfer out, did move there, had a big kind of mishap with financial aid. And like, like oh, I no. went to, um, my, my financial aid person got, got pregnant and went and was on maternity leave. And well, that's just not helpful just, at It was all. just a really inconvenient time for me. Oh, I'm so sorry <laughs> that you had to go through that. Wow. Right. Um, but uh, be- Sarcasm for anybody that's listening. Right. I don't want to get hate mail. <laughs> How dare you? At least for this. Like, uh, I'm fine with any, any other kind is fine. Mm-hmm. But um, but so, like, the, the thing of having been uh, living on my own since I was 16, the Hartford School being such a small school granted me financial independence. Gotcha. Um, when I went to go to this, and I, I probably shouldn't name it because I might say that's fine. <laughs> this <laughs> other school in Seattle, I moved out there, and I was um, four months too old, young, or whatever, two, four months off from when okay. my birthday was to be financially independent at this oh, point. Oh, okay. And they okay. wouldn't like let it go. Oh, and, okay. Um, I gotcha. There was just this kind of miscommunication that, and so I, I went, I took my, uh, int- like I went for two days and did the playing test and the theory testing and all this right. and got, got all that, that stuff together. And then I went on the third day to register for classes and they called me into the financial aid office and they were like, Hey bro, you're 12 grand short. And I was like, Ooh. man, all right. Um, and That's so I, I actually called my mom and I was like, Hey mom, can I have 12 grand? And before was, you did that, how often have you spoken to your parents between when you moved out and when you're now calling them for 12 grand? Just at, the, at this point we were, we, yeah. Um, I have to go back. This is so long ago. Um, I mean, it was definitely, there was definitely a lot of kind of rough stuff at the beginning. Sure. Um, but between 16 and at this point it was, I was 22. Okay. I think 23 when I moved out there. So you've so. had conversations. Oh yeah. We were, everything was pretty much fine. Okay. I just, I just, I, I was like, yeah, it wasn't we, the first time I it, called. Okay. Hey, remember me? <laughs> just checking. <laughs> just checking. That would that be crazy. Cool. Um, but you got 12 grand lying under the couch cushion right, somewhere. Right. Uh, and, okay. and you know, my parents were not in a position to be able to do that. And sure. honestly, that was the, the, the best kind of thing that happened to me, I think. Um, Cause ironically over the next three years in living in Seattle, I ended up playing with all these people that were attending Cornish. I got into doing uh, music for improv theater and producing improv theater shows and like all this, this whole world of things opened up to me that um, didn't cost me 80 grand, you know? So um, I just think it was, it was really good. I kind of, I always joke, I got to play with all the Cornish. Oh, you said it twice already. Oh, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> I got to play with all the Cornish graduates, but I didn't have to have the student debt that they had. So right. Um, Just don't worry. I had plenty for both. Yeah. Of us. Right. So right. It worked out. Right. But so, so you're there and you're playing with them, and I guess like, so what? Where are you living? Like, are you just well, like? I, 
like like if, do you have enough money that you are working jobs and you're able to like keep yourself afloat oh yeah Base, i've been like doing basics that covered. yeah 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 since okay. i was 16 i mean okay. at, at some point you know before the end of high school i had my first Brandon apartment on and i had slums. jobs okay good did things the hustler and, yeah. i'm just i'm just looking out for you back then yes now. yes thank you <laughs> i welcome. appreciate that no retroactive um I, seattle was a blast i moved out there i had two friends from high school the first one that had moved out there that kind of like gave me that direction mm-hmm. and then another one went out and then so we had an awesome house as, as young 20 year olds three oh, dudes nice. living together like sweet house and in a great neighborhood and you know i as so when the cornish thing fell through i got a job with with one of my roommates doing landscaping and and then you know was just playing whenever i could and um yeah being 23 in seattle i mean it was awesome that's fantastic <laughs> yeah. well, we're gonna take a break right there we'll be right back with more after the encore after this You're listening to After the Encore. I'm Joe Shaw, and I'm here with the Gibbonses. So we took a really interesting retrospective look at both of y'all's kind of growing up and and first touches with the entertainment industry. And uh, right, <laughs> and so now let's talk. Uh, let's let's ship you two specifically. Let's cruise ship you two. Oh, and, cute! Uh, yeah, I, see what I wrote that there. down so I wouldn't forget it. That was very <laughs> cute. <laughs> so. Jackie and Brandon. So Jackie, oh, ooh, I don't even know where to start. Let's just, uh, let's dive right in. So uh, Jackie, I want to know what drew you to a cruise ship in the first place. So this is post Boko, right? Yeah, sort of. Boko Raton. Yes, no. definitely. Okay. So <clears throat> what had happened was, for my Mitch Hedberg friends. Right. <laughs> um, you know, if you take a, if you take an ant and you pluck its legs off, it's a little tiny snowman. <laughs> yes. Okay, great. Good company. Uh, yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so what really had happened was um, about two years into Boco, I straight up fell out of love with musical theater. I realized oh, wow. it was... I, I actually don't know what I realized, and I don't know when. I just I just knew that something had shifted, and I wanted to just sing. I, I felt mm, like mm-hmm. things were kind of reminding me left and right that I'm my happiest and I'm my best self when I'm just playing myself and just singing. Gotcha. Rather than playing a role, because a and lot I, of because a lot of times people want to go into theater. I know I was one of those who it's like the excitement is the escape into another totally character, right? But you're having like the opposite effect where totally. you're like, I'm finding my escape and my best part is when I'm fully myself, yeah, and not this character over here. Yes, okay. And I was just an okay dancer, so that was never like also and, my body type. Both. I wasn't going to yeah, I wasn't <laughs> going to be in the chorus no matter what. So, <laughs> but um. I had this kind of mindset where it was like, you know, just just finish the degree and figure it out later. Sure. Like I was already halfway in. I had tons of friends at Berkeley, which is probably was heavily influenced by that, seeing all my friends just be musicians and sure. being really intrigued by it. But 
and I had a friend who actually transferred to Berkeley halfway through and I had the thought, but um, for me, it was like, I didn't want more school. I just wanted to figure it out after. So I finished school and um, I took a gap year from going from Boco to New York, which is what 98% of people do when they graduate Boco. You sure. just go straight on to New York. Right. <laughs> and I just wasn't ready. I mean, I was just lost and yeah. um, knew I was searching for something, but I hadn't landed yet. And I wasn't an idiot financially ever. So sure. it made no sense for me to go to New York. I didn't have the money. I wasn't ready. Right. So I went, uh, my mom had moved to Houston at that point while I was in college. So I moved to Houston and I lived with her and I worked like seven jobs and I loved all of them. They were so much fun. <laughs> One of which I will tell you was yes. I was a <laughs> shot girl Snooky impersonator. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know. Yeah, let's stop at, there. For yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I need to. <laughs> at a dueling piano bar, so I also sang on on the piano as Snooky. Oh my God, this is. But I sang normally. Oh, okay. I wasn't trying to impersonate right, right, right. Snooky while I was. I singing. mean, let, let's not get crazy. I, like I do too many things at once. <laughs> let's not get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just, Jersey Shore was huge, and yeah. you know, a lot of the I, you always had the shot girl shift. I worked at a bar, sure. and I and all the girls did the school girl thing, and like right. had these banging bodies, and I was like, what can I do to still be fun and silly and whatever to make some good tips yeah, and because Jersey Shore and I was about 35 40 pounds heavier I really looked the part and she's also lost a lot of weight too for that's the true. record that's okay. true that's great I just didn't want to hurt her she still watches it in case you Shh, didn't Brandon <laughs> anyway um, it's okay. You inspired her. Right, exactly. This is the moral yes, of the story. Totally. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's so that was one of my favorite jobs in the whole wide world. But that was honestly where the bug really started to take hold um, of just being a singer. Like, mm-hmm. I loved singing on top of the piano with sure. a full band behind me. And uh, so I really just pocketed that idea. Long story short from that, I ended up moving to New York and I had two roommates from college and we were all just unhappy. I mean, just straight up. Like I arrived and they were they were already there for a few months before me and they were miserable. And I got there and I realized I was just, I had made a mistake. I, right. I could sense it in my gut immediately that I was off course. Right. And there was no need to be in the city. I wasn't going to audition for Broadway. I was over it. But I didn't know what to do with that information. Sure. Luckily, about two months in, um, I saw an ad on Playbill.com for a top mm-hmm. 40 cover band, <clears throat> excuse me, a, uh, a cover band vocalist on a cruise ship. And, uh, and I auditioned. It was, and it was a crazy audition process. It was just a YouTube video. <laughs> but I had to do 10 songs, one minute each, all in different genres and decades. Oh, wow. And then I had to answer a bunch of questions that they had provided me in the, in the ad at the end. So it took like 12 hours. I worked on it all day. By the end, I like couldn't stand the sound of my voice. I'll never forget as long as I live hating my voice as much as I did that day. <laughs> but um, it was a quick process. They called the next day and they hired me. And it was it was amazing. I mean, I was like, bye, New York. Love right, you. Right. Don't love you. I'm right. out. I like sold my, like, I was out in like 48 hours. I yeah. didn't know when I was even going to be on the ship. But they, you know, I was in the system and they said, you have to just be patient when an opportunity comes up and a position's available, which they are constantly, we'll throw you on the next ship. Okay. And I said, I'm not waiting this out in New York. I'm over it. And so I went back to Houston. I worked longer oh, okay. at the bar, which mm-hmm. the health, health the moon was the bar. <laughs> and I just waited for the job to come up. It took about another month and okay. I got on. That's the, not too bad. No, no. It was, it was incredibly fast. Um, and I got on the, I got on Carnival Cruise Lines. Nice. Mm. There are a lot of people that work on those ships and I don't even, I guess I don't even think about the fact that there are so many entertainers and, you know, there's just, there's a lot of roles to fill on the ship, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I've never like, not until like 
researching y'all did I really think about the whole like mechanics of performing on the ship, providing entertainment, and and how that's structured. So as I understand it, you weren't that great. <laughs> Wait. No, I was not. Turns out it's not an easy transition to go from a musical theater trained person to a front woman in a band. Very sure. different um, styles of right. specifically uh, the craft. I mean, I was used, I was never good at write, reading music okay. to begin with, gotcha. but I was very familiar with reading librettos and BSing my way through it. Sure. I was, n- I had never even seen a chart a day in my life, which is like a one piece page of paper that has the entire song that's three, four minutes long, sandwiched into all these. Q's, codas, DC's, all these symbols that guided you through this one sheet of paper. And I didn't know how to read any of those things. And do you think it made it almost a little bit harder that you're coming in with the background you have where it's like you, because I, how do I put this? I guess I found in a lot of different, uh, similar, similar roles where it's like, um, I'm trying to find, uh, two different things, uh, and I'm blanking, whatever. Okay. Uh, but we'll say that like, you know, going from musical theater, it's like you've been singing your whole life. Yeah. Right. But it's totally different than band front band singing. Like, right. So is it almost like, a little bit better or not better, but I guess a little bit easier to come in like brand new with like, Oh, I'm learning all this for the first time as opposed to trying to course correct what you've been taught your whole life. And now like pivoting to try and relearn something over like this, like foundation you've been building up for 20 plus years. I have no idea. I don't think so. (laughs) Because I I only know what I experienced. What I experienced was so hard. Sure. Well, I can jump jump in there because I can answer that question for you. Um, The thing that Jackie, like, just had was this incredibly giant stage presence. Sure. And she, I mean, she could sing like crazy. Yep. It's just we never knew how the song was going to (laughs) go. So (laughs) each night it was a new adventure for the band. Right. Um, But, but no, I mean, that's, that's, that's the kind of thing that I, I mean, she brought that to the table and then I think it was just a, you know, a little bit of education to get her, sure. get her on, on course. But you didn't, you didn't meet her until after you'd been on the ship for a little bit, right? Yes, that's true. So, so Brandon, how did you even get, so like last we left you, you were in Seattle, uh, playing in a bunch of different bands. So how did you even get to the ship? Okay, so um, so I actually did cruise ships for five years. So um, okay, so it was, I was out for about three years before I met Jackie, and um, I was I was in Seattle. I was you know playing a bunch of music, um, and it was it was two thousand seven, two thousand eight, mm-hmm. and I felt like I could I could transition into like playing for a living. You sure. Know, it, was, it was getting close. I was starting to get a lot of regular gigs and stuff. Um, and I was teaching and I've taught for on and off since I was like 18 and um, I, I can't stand it. <laughs> I can't stand teaching guitar. I just, I mean, I'll just say that for, for well, here. You know, everyone. The, you know what Jack Black says is that those who can't do teach, but you can do. So that's why you so hate I teaching. I just can't teach. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I had toyed with the idea. I had my friend who was the, the trumpet player I mentioned earlier. He had gone out and done a, a couple of contracts. And then I had a teacher at the Hartford Conservatory that actually met his wife on a carnival cruise ship as well oh, um, okay. years years before. So so I kind of had that idea in my head, um, and I remembered I had called, like, an agency that, that kind of like you went through and, and um, asked a bunch of questions. And then I, I, I remember it was, like, Thanksgiving. I went home to see my, my family in Connecticut, and I came back on my first day back at teaching. It was, like, every 30 minutes in between every student, I would just go to the bathroom and just, like, bang my head against the wall. Mm. And I was, like, I just – it was just, at, at like, this breaking point of frustration of, like, I need a change, 
and just kind of take the risk. And sure. So, Absolutely. Um, so that's what, that was the motivation. And so I, um, my audition process was a little different. Um, this is, uh, because you're 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 auditioning for to play in the band, right? Right. Um, but also, so it was done over the phone. And again, oh. kids, there were no <laughs> phone. <laughs> what is that? We're familiar with phones right. nowadays. Don't worry. Did, you, did the operator connect you? <laughs> they did. <laughs> uh, but it was it was so for at the time. This was actually when I started with with uh, the company. There was no singer in the band in the show oh, okay. band. It was one of those like big bands kind of playing like oh, you sure, know sure, sure. dance jazz yeah, music yeah, yeah. in the mood and all that stuff. And so it was really. Uh, just a sight reading gig. Okay. Know? And so what would happen, and you set up the audition, and um, they were going to call you at this time on this day, and they would email you a whole bunch of music 30 minutes before they'd call you. So you had enough time to print it out and scan it over. But it was a lot of music. I yeah. mean, you weren't practicing anything. Um, and then you had to kind of be versed in different styles as well. Um, but so they, I'm on, like literally on a phone, like one of these. <laughs> it wasn't cordless. Right. right? I mean, That's I'm not good. that old. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Um, but it's like, you know, the guy's like, count off the tempo and he's like go ahead and then I just like put the phone down and like play and I remember like halfway through I was like this ain't gonna happen like, right. I- <laughs> right but I think the skills that you've been working on right where you were trying where you said earlier where you were like if I learn jazz mm-hmm. then this will help translate into a bunch of different styles so that had to have at least been a, a little bit of a good foundation when you're trying to like on the spot play all these different right right um, but I don't know if, if you guys are familiar with this kind of reference but um Guitar players. Okay, no. Let me let me go like this. Let me tell you a joke. Okay. What? <laughs> Where are we going? Listen, I, I'm all I'm strapped in. I'm ready to go. How do you get a guitar player to turn down? I don't know how. Put music in front of them. Oh. Uh, okay. Yep. So as as a species, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we have a reputation, we guitar players, for not being able to read music. Okay. Um. So I always say I I read well. For a guitar player. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I got you. I got you. All right. Um, so, you know, sight reading is, is, I mean, gosh, and now I wouldn't even take that test. But um, at the time, <laughs> you know, I was doing it, you know, with pit orchestra work course, and everything. Yep. But, um, you know, it was still intimidating. Um, so I think what happened, though, when I really thought I was just going to fail, I kind of, like, just relaxed and, like, oh, loosened up sure. a little bit. Sure. And I got through, and the guy, um, Padraig, I don't remember it was Padraig mm. on the phone. He's like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the gig. Um but between now and when you get on a ship, I need you to practice your reading. <laughs> you know, but I'm gonna give you a shot. And um, yeah, so then, so then I went out, and it was February of 2008, um, and I intended to just do a four-month contract, I was, sure. which everybody t- intends to just do one contract. Gotcha. And I was going to save some money. I was going to come back, and I was going to not have a day job, and I was just going to play jazz. Sure. <laughs> I mean, come on. That sounds really <laughs> realistic. <laughs> were you were you playing the game where you're like, oh, if I work this many months, then I don't have to work for this many more months? Uh, no, I wasn't even that, that, I wasn't no. even that financially literate. Cool. Me I neither. Was, I, was I never like, did that. But I'm going to make I have friends like, that are like, I've done Tons that. of money. Like four grand, I think, was like what oh, I came home with, and I was like, that's Rolling it. it. That's that's all I need um, in Seattle, you know. Um, and that, but but oddly enough, in 2008, the, auto- the economy tanked, right? Mm-hmm. And so I came back from cruise ships and all of these like restaurant gigs that we had restaurants closing down, gigs well, that true. were just drying up. We can't afford to pay musicians. Right. All the guys that I thought were in that same kind of transition with me are still waiting tables. Mm-hmm. And um, I came home. I got sick. I just got a cold because it was cold and raining. And sure, because you're in Seattle. Yeah. Right? And um, I made myself wait like four weeks and I called the office and I said, I want to come back. And I 
put my stuff in storage, sold my car, got rid of my place, and uh, was gone for five years. <laughs> <laughs> that is fascinating. So you, so you had been. What did you say? You had been doing the cruise ship for three years before you met Jackie. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so by this point, so you came onto her ship as the new music director, mm-hmm. right? So how did that even, how did, how did that even work? Like, did, were there several different directors, Jackie, that like were fired or left or, or just couldn't, you know, hack it? Or, I mean, I don't know. I'm no offense to them. I'm just like, I, no, I don't no, know. No, 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 totally. It's, it's, go ahead. How's you that can, turn it's around? your, this, that's your world, music director stuff. I thought it was going to not be my turn, so I, I took you. a no, big no, sip of beer right there. So <laughs> we, um, so no, there's a ton of turnaround. It just kind of depends on uh, like everybody works in those days. Everybody worked on their own six-ish month contract. Oh, okay. Contracts. So not everybody's on the same contract. Okay, right. I got so you. the bands are always turning. You know, sure. Players are Members always changing. Are coming, that makes sense. Okay. And so when I signed on, I happened to sign on the cruise before that current music director's last cruise before he was going on what we call vacation which okay. is when you leave the ship and you go to a different ship whenever you want you go home you go home <laughs> which is our vacation um, so he didn't care I mean he just didn't am I allowed to swear at all yeah he didn't give a fuck about me <laughs> like he was like what's your name cool it's my last cruise like what Good songs luck. do you know here's the book I'll see you at 6 you play at 6pm and I was like sorry what Right. <laughs> Where's my two week rehearsal? Like right, right, I, right. no preparation was given to me, by the way, which was a huge flaw in those days for the singers. <laughs> um and and so so that was my music director one. He didn't care at all. Gotcha. Then we didn't have a music director that was coming on after he left. So we had um our keyboardist was a music director temporarily and he was the first time he ever did that job and he didn't he was learning how to do that gotcha, and it's sure. its own role. Right. And I was terrible at my job, and he didn't know how to coach me. He wasn't familiar with how to help singers. So how were you terrible? Was, was, it, was like it so bad? Right, right. Like Brandon how said, did you suck? I no. sucked so bad because I didn't know how to read music. Okay. So it was okay. just like constantly like scrolling, like, and I was a performer, so I hated looking down at my pages. Okay, sure. I loved I to play that. to the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so as a result, I wasn't looking at the music diligently, even if I knew how to read it that well. Right. And I was just getting lost constantly. Oh, so where okay. the band so like was the going band was to the playing. chorus, I was going to the next verse, or I. Oh, skipping okay. to the bridge or I was going back. I, okay. mean, I was just screwing I everybody saying. up. Okay, that makes sense. And for the band, it's a nightmare. I sure. Because like, they're, they're trying to like keep up with you and they're trying to keep tempo. And yeah, they're, they're just trying, trying to do their job and right. they don't know where the song is going at yeah. any moment. It's like sure. improv for them night after night. Right. It's terrible. So that's what made me so bad. So bless CJ was such a sweetheart. He tried so hard to help me, this keyboardist, but he also was temporary and was learning. Sure. Right? So that was a mess. Then he signed off. No. I, oh, no. Then you came, came on. You're right. Then you came on and <laughs> you. Well, Brandon, that's, there's kind of like a pre-my getting there sure, story. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there? Go for it. Well, you I feel like you're there. about to go into what a mess I was. You were such a mess. So we oh, have to, wow. it, we have to, the people are going to be, what, why? Yes, They're why? not going to be able to imagine that without a backstory. Got sure, it. yes. Let's back, let, let's go there. So, I'm ready. Like many of my fellow cruise ship <laughs> people, I was dating an Australian dancer. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. And um, and I actually, and so she was from there. She lived in England okay. at the time. And so I actually left cruise ships and moved to London for, for a few months to like chase this girl. Wait, what year was, or what time period was this when you were in London? Because I was in London for a little bit in 08. So you I'm know, just like I trying to see. like did familiar. I, bump, <laughs> I, knew, I, knew I, I knew I bumped into you. Now I get it. Um, it's all making sense. It would have been, I guess, 2011, 10, okay. 10 nope. 11. Nope. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, and I was I was flying back and forth over the pond, like going, you know, and filling in on the cruise ship. But every time I tried to go back to England, they were like, "Wait a minute, you were just here 
why are you coming back? You know, it got uh, like harder and harder. Okay. Okay. Um, so anyway, I'd, I had gone out for back to the States for six weeks to do a contract and I was fi- like five days away from flying back to London uh-huh. and I got an email that was like, hey, this is over. I mailed all your stuff back to your mom's house. Don't ever contact me again. What did you do? I, did, I didn't do anything. I, to this I, day, I still don't know what really, really happened crazy. as Never to why remember. that email came. Well, you know, it's cool. No one's going to hear this. You can just tell me. No, I mean, I, mean, I, I really don't know. Don't know. Really I, I know. don't know. I mean, there was a lot. It was a, lo- a three-year long-distance complicated relationship. Right. That in and of itself is difficult. So right. That's but, fair. But it was just like a hard cut. Never right. never heard from this girl. Never talked to her again. Wow. Um, but well, uh, I'd say I think you ended up better off. So oh, I did, out, I did, and and so I I came home. I feel bad for my mom because I I come home and I'm like, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a couple months off. Sure. I called the office. I was like, this this just happened. I'm gonna yeah. take a few months off and then I'll come back to work. Well, first, you're time. like, can you reroute my ticket to Connecticut versus oh, London because right. I can't go uh, back there now. Sure. I didn't have to call yeah. my boss, but he was he was super cool. <laughs> and um, so I, I'm hanging out at my mom's house. I'm like, mom, me here for months. Like the next day, the office called and they were like, "Hey, we really need a music director on this ship gotcha. because, yeah, yeah. like, this guy was just filling in. They didn't have anybody sure, to come." Sure. And they were like, "How soon can you get there?" And I was literally like, "I mean, I have an I'll leave tomorrow." Right. <laughs> so I was like over two days. Yeah. And I'm like gone. And um, and, and so and, you're trying to deal with this breakup that you're still trying to wrap your head around. How did that even happen? Right. And now you're like, I guess I'll take this gig on this ship. I mean, it was really like, yeah, just go back to work. Yeah. But then so. Yeah. Segue back to. Right. So Brandon signed on and he was a mess. I mean, like a <laughs> drunk a-hole. Wow. But he was also very charismatic and very good on stage. He was very fun to play with on stage. Great performer. And like off stage, he was just like, he was cool, but he was just a wreck. I mean, you, you just, everything about him was I messy. See that. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so we worked really well together on stage immediately. Like, and I was terrible at my job, this was true, but he was also very kind in, in, in recognizing that I had a lot of good skills, but I had a sure. lot of skills I had to like get my shit together on immediately. Right. In, that, in that first week, sorry, so I did have like a, a week where I wasn't the music director. Oh, that's right. So oh, the keyboard okay. player was still there. So you were like transitioning like a hand with a hand off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so like, I didn't have to care. I was just having fun. You sure. Know? I was just oh, playing okay. guitar and it was great. No responsibility. Right. Okay. Your book was a mess, which I know now that wasn't was your my fault. fault. But like, I didn't know that. And that I didn't know you. Guys. So I was like, this guy's disorganized yeah. and he's just like, yeah. he's just hanging. He's, this is going right. to be cool, man. Yeah. I thought he was just going to be a nice, easy music yeah. director. And then like day one of when he took over yeah, his MD, <laughs> I can't believe this to this day. Now that I know you, I, I ran five minutes late to rehearsal Uh-oh. and I walked in and he was like, Wow, thanks for thanks for joining us, Jackie. Oh. And I was like, ah, like you never run late. And he was oh. like, guys, do I ever run late? And of course the whole band, no one had my back. It just got quiet yeah. and they were like, nope. And I was like, well, I hadn't been late. I know, you're right. But <laughs> he just became this like very professional, but like scary and dominating music director. Like overnight? Overnight. I mean, there oh, was no I, sign. Right when you got the book. Right. There was no sign of this coming though for me. Sure. But there You're was like, a, this is my bro. Yeah, like, we were like kicking it. We were yeah. friends, you know. And, <laughs> we're friends. Yeah, we were not friends. <laughs> we were not friends that much. For the once he took over his MD for a while, um, and then there it was. I don't know the timeline. Time is so different there, but it was a. We were working. We were together. in the Bermuda Triangle, so it's like. A, <laughs> no, we got actually it, got we were. It. You went to <laughs> we 2065, really and then yes. you came yes. back. Yes. yes. 
So I one night I had screwed up just like one too many times and it was a bad, dumb mess up. And I feel good. The look he gave me on the, the bandstand <laughs> was so epic and terrifying. And I will never, for, it like makes me nervous to think about that look. If I ever get it on stage to this day, I like almost like pink, tinkle in my pants. A little. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get so scared of my husband when I get that look on stage. But that particular night I was like, man, I'm going to get fired. I have to, I have to talk to this guy. Sure. So I, I sat him down. We were, we were probably in Bermuda or something and we were just right. hanging out on outside and I, I just like straight up told him like, listen, man, I know that I suck at my job. I know what I suck at. Sure. I have had no guidance. I'm a really good student. I, I just need your help. And, right. and that's when we kind of like, he literally just said, cool, you have this and this and this and you're good at this, but you suck at this and this and this. So here's what you're going to do. Right. You're going to go buy an internet card. You're going to go Google what it means to, for what a coda means, what a DC means, what a repeat is. Right. And you're going to learn how to read music and then it's going to be cool. And that's it. That's your job. And I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. Right. And I did just that. Mm -hmm. And then things like got so good. Our band was dope. It was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. That is fascinating because I just like the fact that you're just like tough love, like, mm -hmm. like, love it. like, you know, like, look kid. Yeah. <laughs> Listen here, youngin. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you see here? Shit <laughs> <laughs> down. Uh, old grandpa was going to tell you. No, back in the 90s, <laughs> back like, in my day. Back in my 90s days. Joke, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just like, <sighs> I, I love the fact that you, even though you're, totally pissed off you're just like look i recognize that you have skills that cannot be taught right like they're like the stage right. presence the ability to sing the way you do is just like you can't like you you either have that or you don't right, right? and and you're you're savvy enough to notice that you're like these things that you don't have are teachable mm -hmm. and are learnable and are correctable mm -hmm. and once you get those like everything's going to be fine yeah as opposed to just saying like fuck it I'm done. Get right. off. Get off my ship. Right. You know, because it's your ship, obviously. Right. Absolutely. Right. His ship. His band. Captain band, Brandon. Right. His band. <laughs> yep. His singer. Right. His singer. Right. Yeah. Singer. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. But but. I, so after that point, things were a lot smoother, right? And so, yeah. how long? How long were y'all on the ship after that before you decided to start the Jackie Pock band? Oh. You That's mean, a huge jump. That is a huge jump. So yeah. let's let's let's, let's get there. Jump. Yeah. So we became a couple. Sure. Um, we had plans to like pretty quickly once the band got really good. We mm -hmm. had plans to when we were done with the cruise ship life, we were we would pick a city and we would be roommates and we would create a top forty cover band together. Sure. Was there any specific re well, I guess it was just that's what y'all had been doing was was doing like getting skilled in covering mm -hmm. top forty hits. Yeah. So I guess that yeah. makes yeah. sense. Okay. And so, we loved it. It yeah. was yeah, so much sure. fun. And so then the, when the romance happened, it was just convenient. Sure. Our plan was already to live together, but a one bedroom's cheaper than two. So we right. loved yep. it. Yep. And, um, and so we moved to Seattle because that's where he had been. Right. And yep. I didn't have a strong opinion. I wasn't ready sure. to move back to Texas. So like, let's go there. Yeah. His storage unit was there anyway. Mm -hmm. And um, so we started to, we, we got there with the intention of recreating the same top 40 cover band we had on ships. We had sure. all the music. We had the organization. He knew how to build that. Right. And market it. And, um, and so... That was the plan, but we could not get musicians to commit and to rehearse for free while we got our footing and started to book. And, um, and that was really where things started to shift for us in terms of what the plan was going to be. Mm -hmm. Sure. Because Brandon, we moved to Seattle and 
Brandon just hit the ground running with trying to just get work as a freelance musician. Right, period. right. And he worked in a bunch of different bands and he was doing great. And I wanted a break because vocally that you were job kind of burned out, right? Killed me. Sure. Yeah. I loved it, but it killed me vocally. And I right. wanted a minute. Um, and so we, so he started to kind of go off on his own and I did other things that I loved to do. And then I started to get really jealous because... This is when you were a uh, Zumba instructor, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yep. I was right. teaching Zumba. I loved it. I was doing a handful of things, but I was always in the fitness world and I loved sure. going back to that. Um, but he had joined, he auditioned for a band, um, a top 40 cover band that was exactly what we were trying to, to create ourselves. Sure, 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 sure. And he got the job. They loved him. He was perfect. Blah, 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 blah. Right. And it was that night that like I had hit my rock bottom with mm. my jealousy mm-hmm. and my envy and I didn't know what to do about it. Right. And we sort of, I mean, should I just launch into the, just finish the story at yeah. this point? Okay. Yeah. So we were um, on the ferry going home and I was quiet and emotional and he knew something was up and <laughs> tried to get out of me. Right. And I just started like spilling my, you know, yeah. I'm, I, I understand that this isn't fair, but I don't want you to join this band. Right. But that's, that's an honest moment. Right. Yeah, and like totally. y'all are a couple and that's the kind of conversations you've got to have is like, look, I don't, this isn't rational. This yeah. isn't mm-hmm. like sane, yes. but this is how I feel. And this is my most honest and truthful moment is that I'm jealous that you're getting to do what we talked about doing. And I'm over here on the side. Yeah. 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 Even though I made my own bed and right. I recognize right. that and he knew that. And, um, and that is when our, we discovered what is to this day still our marriage motto, which he literally turned to me. He took a moment. He like collected his thoughts. It was quiet for a few minutes and I didn't know what he was going to say. And he literally turned to me forbatim and said, listen, I've never lied to you or hidden from you like what my goals are, what my dreams are. I'm going to be a full-time musician. This is what I'm doing. Right. If you want to do it with me, you need to keep up or you're going to get left behind. And I was like, "There's that tough love again." Shit! (laughs) I react super well to tough love, especially from him. Yeah. Um. And and I just like instinctually, the first thing I thought was challenge accepted. Yeah. Done. Yeah. That's fucking fair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I'm. I will never forget that moment as long as I live. And so I began to start writing music never sure. had I done I did it once in college for like a summer goal and I right. hated every second of right. it I had like three friends help me actually do it I don't right. think I did much of it but I hated it yeah. and I always thought I was going to hate songwriting and so but I started to songwrite and I just started to create my own voice and before I knew it he was just excited that I was yeah. doing something and he was joining in on it it wasn't something I had initially planned for him to just like come and be a part of sure I appreciated it, but right. it wasn't like the starting point. It wasn't the goal. Um, but that's how we really, like, that's how we got to Jackie Pock Band. Yeah. Mm. And I love that, like, what attracted you to him in the first place with regards to his great qualities is the fact that he's, you know, got that tough love and he's able to say, look, here's where you're good at. Here's where you need work. And I believe in you. Right. And he's still saying that just in a different way. Yeah. And the fact that he is not kind of, you know, giving you what you want to hear, but giving you what you need to hear Always. is the most important thing in any successful relationship, whether it's, you know, in a couple or whether it's in a parent child relationship or whether it's in a band, like any type of personal connection or relationship, you need to hear what you need to hear and not like what you want, what we always want to hear. Totally. And it, I mean, that's the easy, safe play, but it's not the, the play that gets us from A to B, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it, I, so what were you thinking during that moment, Brandon? 
exactly that. Probably yeah. what he said. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I was like, not filtered moment. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it was. I mean, it was always. It's again, like ever since the astronaut thing, it was the music, right, of course. And, um, and and there was never a compromise. I mean, there was never a yeah. question. Um, it was always first, you yeah. know. And so, um, yeah, that was just kind of that was it. That was it. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that was Sorry. a very unfiltered moment. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. No, but it's good. All right. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with more after the encore with the Gibbonses right after this. Listening to After the Encore, I am Joe Shaw, and I am here with Brandon and Jackie, the Gibbonses. So, songwriting. <laughs> so, you had never done that before. No. And so, you're experimenting with it, you're learning it, and ultimately, that's going to end up being your 2016 release, right? I'm getting the, mm-hmm. the dates right? Mm-hmm. Among, yeah. among the Rubble? Among yes. the Rubble. Among the Rubble, yes. Okay. So, how do you get from never songwriting to like pretty much lead writing that entire album? Um, I experienced a family tragedy Mm. and I decided that I would use every piece that I could of it for art Sure, and uh, make it worth something positive. Yeah. So I did. So what happened? I know that your dad had a, an injury in 2014, correct? So walk me through what that was like. Um, it was about two months after our wedding in Seattle. Okay. Um, he had a, a traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. And then while he was in surgery for that, he had stroked out like six or seven times. Sure. Um, so as a result, he was left with a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, his sight was like one, he only had one fourth of his sight. Sure. Um, motor skills, memory. I mean, it just the whole, the whole gamut of what right. you would typically experience with a, with a stroke or a TBI. Sure. Um, and it became very apparent to us very quickly while he was in the hospital, he was still in the ICU that this was going to be a really long process if he survived it. Yeah. And somebody was going to have to be here to, to help. So at the time it was just my stepmom and him living in the DFW Metroplex. And so Brandon and I, honestly, we were, we were done with Seattle anyway. Sure. And we were really looking for our next venture. And, um, and so when it happened, it made sense for us to move here. Sure. Um, it was a really easy discussion, easier than I ever imagined it would be. Cause I had thought about it for days and days while we were sitting in the hospital trying right. to figure out how I'm going to convince my husband to move to Texas. Right. <laughs> Wasn't ever a thing that we had planned to do. Right. And he was just on board immediately. It was great. Um, and so, so we moved here we moved here really quickly and, um, we decided at that time that uh, our number one goal was going to be to become full-time musicians as soon as possible. We couldn't pull it off in Seattle. It was one of the most frustrating things about living there. Sure. That we were ready to just go somewhere else and just figure it out. And so uh, we were lucky enough to move in with my stepmom so that I would really be able to help with the recovery as hands-on as I could. And I was really lucky to be able to 
take the job I had in Seattle that I loved working for Orange Theory before it was the huge thing it is oh, now. Oh, sure. Yeah, wow. Um, it was not a thing then. I got to right. start the entire Pacific Northwest. Um, oh, that's awesome. And it was great. Yeah. And they were they let me move and work remotely and travel back and forth to open up new studios. Okay, And it was, nice. it was dope. I loved that job. Yeah. And, um, but Brandon went back to teaching a little bit and then we just started working like crazy. I mean, like sure. gigging. And yeah. Texas is the most amazing mm-hmm. city for musicians. We had no idea. Right. Dallas specifically. We had no clue what we were walking into. Yeah. I, Texas is the, the most the amazing, amazing state. Right, right, right. No, okay. Dallas is yeah. yeah. I saw your face. I was like, <laughs> what I say? Something stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I went to work on the album and the way the kind of the workflow was, was Brandon would go teach and I, it was my job to sit down at the piano and write something. So when he got home from teaching, I would have something for us to work on. Okay, nice. And so I just tried. I just pulled every emotional experience I was having. Most of it was negative. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was experiencing like what it's like to come back home to my hometown. I never expected to move back here. Sure. I was always in the big cities. Yeah. And uh, and so there was just a lot to unpack. And I worked through it all. And um, and then he would come home and he would make it really f- cohesive. I, right. That was never my strong suit. I was more of like the idea person. I saw yep. a whole music video before mm. I'd ever written a lyric. Sure. No, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so then he would really like make it a song. Yeah. And that's how the album got written. And so Brandon, I got to imagine like now that you're going back to teaching, which is not something you enjoy doing, but actually being able to come home and work on something that's like new and real and organic and, and like that had to have at least like allowed you to kind of get through the day knowing like that was going to be waiting for you at the end. Right. I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and it was, you know, uh, we were playing a lot as well. I think already pretty much kind of got, got right into it when we got here. So, um, there was that. And so the teaching was just kind of like a nice little, little steady thing. Um, and it, it, you know, has its ups and downs for sure. sure. But, um, but yeah, the, the writing was, it was, it was, it was fun. It was, it was still pretty new for us. I mean, we had written a, a handful of songs. An um, EP. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And, um, but yeah. So, so how did, how did y'all develop your sound? Hmm. That's interesting. So I think actually it was Texas really had a huge influence on our sound. We did an EP in Seattle, but we had both come from such eclectic backgrounds musically and from our, our you know, experience of playing top 40 cover repertoire. We liked so many different things. And so that EP was like, you know, five, it could have been five different bands on yeah. that. You know what I mean? It yeah. was a 70s funk tune, like a gritty rock <laughs> song, a country song. Like right. it was, it was all so, and, and I think that really when we got here, and um, started listening and, and getting involved in the Texas music scene, that really shaped our sound. Um, and I guess we got, the Ranch Factory thing was like... Before we made the album. Before we made the album. Yeah. Oh, that's so, right. Let's talk through that. Yeah. 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 So that's really what... That was what, a game changer. That was... Yeah, I mean... Um, and this is the... Uh, I've got it written down, but you, you can go ahead and... 95.9 The 95 Ranch. 95.9 The Ranch did a, uh, like a contest, right? Like a Battle of the Bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's right. And um, so we, we submitted for... I honestly don't even know what I, what I would have even submitted. Time. Uh, sure. Like a A homes. little acoustic version of time. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, okay. Um, and so we, get, we go to this, this competition, and you're standing right in front of uh, the judges' tables right in front of you, yeah. you know, and it was, uh, Dalton Domino, um, as an amazing artist that yeah. he had, he had won the previous year. And so oh, he was, okay. on a, and, and Bart Rose, um, from Fort Worth sound. Right. Yep. And, um, and then it would be one representative from the, from the radio station. Okay. And right there. And we're <laughs> up against like, uh, four, four bands on a, on a road on a week and all these huge, like seven piece male fronted, like 
country yeah. bands. Yeah, Texas country bands. Yeah. And these huge sounds. And we get up there, and, and um, at the time, she was playing like a shaker and a tambourine, and I was playing sure. acoustic guitar. And right. I, I tried to sing a little bit, you know, and um, we ended up like – winning that first round oh that's you know, awesome which is this we did this turnpike troubadours uh song gin smoke lies and um like that i guess is what did it and um and how many bands did you beat out that first week did you say three or three. four there three were either three. four of us or five of us in a night four of us so three bands okay yeah. gotcha yeah. yeah and um and so i remember so that night like dalton uh took us out in fort worth and kind of introduced us to a lot of a lot of musicians and we went to magnolia motor lounge and yeah like oh my god which is like this amazing the scene yeah. right the who's who of uh, texas country yeah. dfw yeah. was hanging out and uh you know dalton was like hey you guys are really cool but if you want to stay in this thing you're gonna have to learn how to make more noise and so that's where we kind of introduced uh kind of the kick drum and yeah everything yeah, yeah, built yeah up from there yeah um, which is really crazy to see on like the music video when, when like you're playing the guitar and you've got the kick drum and it's just like, it sounds so huge, Thank right? You. The sound yes, and yeah. it's, and it's just like this, like two person setup. It's yeah. just, it's really, yeah. it, it plays with your senses in a good way, Thanks. you know, is Thanks. what I'm trying to say. I yeah. had no idea where it was going. We just were trying to stay in the conversation. Well, it all started, Let's get loud. <laughs> we, yeah. And, and we did it strategically. So we were kind of ahead of ourselves, but each week we tried to present one new piece. So first it was just, it was doing shaker and tambourine and playing a kick drum sure. but we were already playing with she had this like splash symbol going on so okay. this next week we brought that in you know gotcha. we just kind of kept showing them that they, and we've continued to this day like now it's a full drum set every I time play. we see Bart Rose which is like once a year we record <laughs> we something record with him, with him and, and I've got like just three new pieces it's like yeah. since that competition that's, yeah. that's been the pattern just, that's awesome. so like what do you of, have now girl right. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all won that right no no, no we, oh, okay. we uh, I guess we, we came in fourth place we did um, but, but how many, was, how many weeks was that? I guess that you stayed alive. Weeks. Twelve weeks. Yeah. Okay, so so it. I mean, in effect, even though you didn't quote unquote win, you survived twelve weeks of this competition by beating out all of these other bands. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that is a huge victory in and of itself. But the fact that you're now kind of in a pressure cooker environment for figuring out your sound mm -hmm. and and like kind of on the spot adjusting and, and figuring out like what's going to win next week and what's yes. going right. to come out on top over these other quote unquote seasoned more professional sounds. Yeah. And right. Even if it's not more seasoned, it's, it appears that way. Of course. Right. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, whew. and so as soon as that competition yeah. ended, like where we ended it, we had already like made plans with our producer. We like, were, we gonna were like, going in, like, to make a record two weeks, uh, like a month. Yeah. And even if we like made it to the finals, we were going to have to like fix our, like our plane tickets. We are going like, to have to move thing. our schedule. That's yeah. Right. Everything yeah. was going to get bounced around if we with the record, kept yeah. going. Yeah. yeah. So, but the, but I think that competition is what, what made the sound what sure. it is mm. for that album. It really solidified that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So what is, what is probably the most proud song or memory you have tied to that first album? Oh, that's a good question. Um, for me, one for me. Sure. <laughs> that sounds weird. The song One For Me. Okay, gotcha. I think it was just the most therapeutic. Um, it was the song that I I just needed to get out of my system because I, it was one of the last ones that we wrote or it was one of the last ones we finished writing, rather. And it came at a point where I was just depleted beyond belief of like taking care of my family. And... 
each person had their own needs and I, the person I am, I just wanted to meet all of them as much as I could. Sure. And I was done. And so that song was literally, it was a song that I wrote for me. I didn't care what anybody's opinion was. I didn't want to hear anybody's opinions about <laughs> lyrics, right. about the production of it. It was like, this is my song, leave me alone. Yep. So I think for that, I love that song the most. That's awesome. Brandon, how about you? Um, I'm going to actually say, uh, Say Goodnight. Okay. I, that um, was going to be the next one I was going to say, oh, actually. So see, I'm glad. Cool. Um, Good call. <laughs> well, as I kind of jokingly mentioned, I I, I, um, I didn't really sing um, yeah. before this. I did like a tiny little bit of background uh, vocals on the ship, but like with other background vocalists. Right. You know? um, and so I think uh, Say Goodnight vocally for me was like a breakthrough at the time. It was I had no experience like in a recording studio where you can hear yourself sing. Sure. You know? yeah. and so it was terrifying. And um <laughs> And it was cool. And then also, I think with our uh, both of our records are produced by uh, Jamie Hill, and um, it was kind of for us also production wise like a really kind of big moment in our this our first project with him right. getting to trust him because I remember they were doing some stuff in production and we were in the other room and we were like I don't know. I don't know. What's, I had asked like, them to make it haunting. Right. But our definitions oh. of haunting were very different. His was creepy. Mine was eerie. Sure. And. Those are not the same thing. I, no, no, no. I, I, I hear it. Like I hear it in my head. Creepy is just like. Creepy is like. Rawr! Like there was like weird, like scratchy things yeah, and, happening. And haunting is like is like. Um, Game of Thrones when uh, they play the Song of the Seven. You know, it's a, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Not talk about Game of Thrones is, right now. No, no, but no, we're gonna great. Get I want to sure. cover that song. We'll talk about. But that you know what I'm talking about? Like, sure. like right before. I mean, spoiler alert. Right, yeah. but right before Cersei blows everything up. That that almost like oh. him haunting. That's what I think yeah. of when I hear haunting. Me too. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Creepy is like exactly, and that's where it was going. But yeah. it came, it came together. It I did. Mean, that's sure. Yes. Yes. And, yes. Um, and and I really, really love the production on that song yeah. as well as the the vocal yeah. achievement of it for me personally. So. I like it. So now we're pivoting a little bit, and uh-huh. and and it's your right, right, right. Pivot. So, right. Oh my God, friends. Okay, sorry. So. <laughs> I just couldn't. I wanted to do it earlier, but I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable enough with you yet. Right, right, right. I feel like we've we. <laughs> We're, we're a couple hours deep now, right, so it works so. out. But so now we're getting to the point, right? So you've got the album, you've got it out. What did you find that initial reaction like when you dropped the album and now you're really making a name for yourself? You've been playing a bunch of gigs at this time. You've been establishing like the Gibbonses are here. We're in Dallas-Fort Worth. This is where we're at. This is our album. This is who we are. This is our sound. What was that kind of original like feedback when people are now finding you and discovering you and becoming fans of you? Do you have a response? I do. do go you? for it. Yeah, yeah. But go ahead. You could go first. No, go, go. Okay. Um, well, I was just going to talk about Tiffany. Um, yeah. So, so uh, Tiffany from Blue Lark Entertainment, um, they do radio promotion. Okay. Um, and they do a lot of other things now as well. But she actually reached out to us and – you know, out of the blue, and that was the first kind. Of, oh, okay. She was like, "Hey, I'm, I heard your your record, and um, really interested in you know promoting one of your songs yeah. for radio." And um, I mean, that was really cool. We had an amazing conversation. Um, we talked for like an hour, and and she she was just um, she she just kind of told me like how I could do it myself. Sure. Which made us want to just hire her to do it. Sure. Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. She no, was just very you. like, um, yeah. just was like, yeah, you, you know, you guys got a good thing. This is what I would do. If you need yeah. any help, let me know. Right. And so I got off the phone with her and I can talk to Jackie. And then we called her back and we're like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's, let's do some radio promotion. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think we, we found right away that, uh, we didn't 
we didn't fit into the Texas country mold. Right. You know, we're right. not we're not we're not Texas country. But for some reason, uh, I don't understand it. Like they let us into that world. You right. know, not only like ninety five nine the ranch. Um, uh, uh, Craig Vaughn out in um, Amarillo uh, right. as a, a radio uh, DJ that that does this, uh, supports us a lot. And then also the artists. You know, I mean, we've gotten to to, to tour and to play with like some amazing. Texas country artists right. and, and, and their fans have accepted us as well. And, uh, so that, I mean, it's cool. I don't know why, but it worked out. <laughs> I, think, I think it's like a soft, easy sell, right? Yeah. Where it's like, if you're already listening to this, like one kind of music, then to hear it's not, it's not difficult to see the, the connections being made, even though like by itself and alone, the albums, you don't origi- you don't go to the country aspect, mm-hmm. but when it's paired, it's a nice pairing. Right. It's a nice wine and cheese palette, if yeah. you will. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes, yes. And food uh, analogy is my favorite. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice brie. Yes. <laughs> totally. I was going to say, I feel like it was an opportunity for people to recognize that we are super cute and super bubbly and that's just who we are. Right. But we were able to get away with and and touch people in a really deep way. You know, sure. like the lyrics are dark and yeah. they're heavy. Yeah. And people loved the juxtaposition of yeah. like letting us sing about shit that really matters. Yeah. But like also being like super fun and cute and make you feel good. Yeah. So like I just loved that we were always, we have been able to always get away with singing about really important stuff whilst making you feel really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that was my first time I started to realize that we had that ability yep. um, to, to pull that off. So it allowed us to just like write whatever we wanted. There was never, pre- and with people in Texas country just accepting us. Right. We never felt like we had to fit into a mold. Whatever we were building, we were going to get away with. Sure. And that was empowering. Right? Yeah. And now you've, you've just dropped last year, towards the end of last year, uh, All We've Got. And one of my favorite songs from the album is Peace of Mind, right? <sighs> and so, God, I'm so glad you said uh, that. And so you're talking. And I so love you're, that song. Yes, it's so good. And you're, and you're talking, well, be you're talking about, and we'll, we'll get into like the message of the album as well in a minute. But, but in that song, like you said, it's, it's this part where you're, you're talking about people doing these things just for a peace of mind, mm-hmm. right? Just an overall feeling about now I feel better about m- myself and the decisions I'm making when in reality, not knowing if this is making a lick of difference, mm-hmm. right? And it's that, that, that comparison between, I hope I'm making a difference. I feel like I'm making a difference. I may not be making a difference. I don't know how to reconcile those feelings. So I'm just going to have peace of mind about it and move on. And I love, and I love that you talk about having these really dark, like, Lyrics is very haunting sound, but also at the end of the day, it's like it's resonating on like a, a beat level to where you kind of take it away and you go, you know what, this is an overall positive message, and I want to spread you know joy throughout the world. I want to let the good in, if you will, mm-hmm. right? And um, but so talk to me about how now you've kind of you you've written the first album and now you're getting ready to write you know this is back in like say 2017 2018 where you now you're writing your second album what does that look like when you're when you're trying to pivot from one album to the next like how do you avoid a sophomore slump so to speak take it this is you you're up <laughs> well so so 
it wasn't actually 2017. It was uh, the six weeks before we went to the. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's, all right. Um, so 2018. So we're not. Um, you know, there's a lot of amazing songwriters that are songwriters that write songs all the time. You right. know, um, that's not what we do. No. <laughs> we're very, I think with everything, we're very um, project oriented. Sure. Um, so it was like we, we finished recording um, Among the Rubble. We did not write a song for a year. Okay. Um, and then we wrote um, Better the Devil and uh, When We're Older. I mean, they took a, When We're Older, we wrote in a day, but Better the Devil took a while. Sure. And then it was an, an, another year. And then we got to like where we're like literally six weeks, six eight out. weeks out from like we're going to the studio to right. Record. We better have something, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and then I was just put in charge of writing that. So <laughs> yeah, no, um, no I pressure. Hit, I hit a breaking point in the process where I just put my hands up. I said I can't do this. I don't know why. I don't want to reconcile with why right, right. now. I don't want to write music anymore. Like yep. that's like I can support you, but I don't want to do it. And he sure. said, "Cool. Guess what? I don't want to do the booking anymore. I'm sick of cold calling and emailing. I'm I'm done." Right. I said, "Dude, let's switch places and see where it gets us." Yeah. And so I I let him like stay in his pajamas and do whatever he needed to do. I didn't care how sober or not sober he was. His job was <laughs> to stay in his bedroom and give me an album by the time we had to leave for sure. <laughs> for yeah. Washington. And my job was to put food on the table and sure. make sure we had money. Mm-hmm. And and um, which is like this amazing story that yeah, just let us. Let's let's dig into that too. Okay, sure. So yeah, how did you kind of get into the ability to really make sure there's food on the table? So I was so passionate about not writing music right. that I was so excited <laughs> to do anything else. Yeah, and I. Rem- <laughs> What? <laughs> she comes home like her first week of like taking over the booking with this like the art of cold calling. Yeah, I bought this like super outdated eighties looking book <laughs> from Barnes and Nobles. It's called The Art of the Cold Call. It's from back in Brandon's day, right? But like That's literally right. before he was even born. Um and I just it's read on a it. stone tablet. Right. <laughs> It's so old looking. Um, you know, it said it was the updated edition. The photo was not. Um, but it was so outdated. But anyway, it just gave me some like, I ha- that's how I work. If I'm doing anything new, I have to just start with like lots of ingestion of research. Sure. And so I just, and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I have a plan. I have a plan. And, um, and so I just started cold calling restaurants, venues, things we knew. And then I started also cold calling like Toyota, like crazy huge companies because we wanted to get into the corporate world. Oh, sure, sure, sure. That's just more corporate money. So you can do less work. Absolutely, yeah. Less dates a month for the Mm -hmm. same amount of income. Sure. It's kind of the mindset. So anyway, I realized very quickly that I was really good at sales. Um, And I learned that in Seattle with Orange Theory, I just went into a customer service side <clears throat> Excuse me. So I sort of forgot that I was really good at that right. tool. And um, and so booking came not only naturally, it was so fun and so exciting. And I was just on this high constantly with like chasing, chasing these leads and sure, making yeah. these calls and connections. And so it just took off for me. And it was a really positive experience. And Brandon wrote a killer album. I mean, he yeah. just, once I left him alone, he was able to just write some what I didn't care what it was sure. like I was mm-hmm. I didn't care if it was country if it was anything if it was dark if it was positive whatever mm-hmm. yeah and he did a great job left to himself um, right. so we both just kind of divided and conquered which yeah. we hadn't really done much of that in our relationship yet everything we'd done was really we really yin and yanged with each other right. on any given project this was the first time ever that we very successfully 
were looking for the same goal, but right. we were doing completely different jobs. And and this was also in the time where y'all were developing the house concert, mm-hmm. right? And so for those that mm. don't know who are listening, right, a house a house concert is where a musician will come into your home, a novel idea, and perform for a select group of people for a specific rate, right? And so and y'all not only did it, but you you've you've taught a workshop on this, correct? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So in and we actually the, we did our first house concert tour on Among the Rubble uh-huh, like yeah, the summer in support of that okay, album. We had, gotcha. we had finished that. Um, so we're about to do our fourth season yeah. actually. Gotcha. Um, and we have a, a really cool model that we've inherited from actually our producer's wife wrote a literal wrote a book on how to oh, do house awesome. concert touring. Yeah, her so name is Shannon Curtis. Uh, ShannonCurtis.net. If you're a musician and you want to know about Shout house concerts, her. go Just, buy her book. Yeah, her book. That's, 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 all you need. that's all you need. It's the Bible of house concerts. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so... What was the question? No, I, <laughs> <laughs> I could I was, just I ramble. Was, so I was like, no, wait, no, no, before I keep going. No, it's good. I was trying to say, when did, <laughs> I guess, when did that start, right? And then and then now that you've taught a workshop on workshop, it. Workshop, yes. Right. So how did that kind of all come about, right? When did y'all, so you got the idea from, Shannon. Uh, yeah, from Shannon. And then now that you've, you got the idea. And so what was that first concert like? Was that very first experience? Terrifying! Like? Oh my god! And I did not like it. What was the first? So concert? remember, okay, I'm totally so we, a blank. okay, so we had booked a one month tour up the East Coast in the summer of 2016. Duh, Jenny we, and Eric. We did okay. we did two um, concerts in Houston. In Houston before, before we, left. we left, like a week before we left. Okay. To you know, try it out, right? <laughs> and it was just—I remember. I mean, it was just—it's so different. It's, it's so, so unlike anything that we had ever done, right? Because people are right here, like right as close there. as we are. You're right, right there, yeah. As opposed to and, and down there, and they're listening to you, right? They're not like Which drinking a beer and like hitting weird. on each other, and <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. um, they're just like, all right, mm-hmm. undivided attention, mm-hmm. dance for me. No, yes, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so it was—I remember it was like, oh my gosh. This is scary, and we ha- we're going on tour to do this for a month. Like, right? Shit. We learned, <laughs> we learned a lot in the first batch of shows. The first three, sh- the three, first three shows. shows, we learned more than we ever had to learn. Yeah. yeah. Um, we learned what works and what doesn't, and why Shannon is very specific on the things that she teaches in the book. Mm. And we learned the hard way if we if we didn't do those exactly mm, gotcha. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so just if you're listening and you're a musician and you buy the book, just like follow the book. Do Don't it. ask right. questions. <laughs> right. um, so cutting to like three years later, we right. did. Um, we got asked by the Texas Music Pickers, uh, which is a, a blog, a, a dad, a father-son blog okay, nice. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put on a, a seminar for musicians in Texas. Um, and we had attended it the first year. And then they asked us to speak on house concert touring the second year. And it was awesome. It was, it was like the best day of my life, actually. Yeah, super fun. That's awesome. What was the, uh, what has been the feedback now from those that have either listened to your advice, adhered to it, came to the came to the workshop that y'all taught? What was that kind of like feedback that you received from a result of that? Do people look up to you? Do people reach out to you for advice? How does that go? Yeah, so I mean, we kind of... Um, left everybody with the workshop saying, you know, I, I feel free to reach out uh, sure. anytime and we'll give you whatever kind of uh, information Pieces we have. We have yeah. Right. And, um, and so yeah, handfuls of people, uh, you know, a lot of people did at the time and then still kind of continue to. And um, it's, it's always, we recently uh, ran into a friend that we had actually sat down with before we did the conference right before. And, um, you know, he picked our brain and then we ran into him a few months ago and he said he's been doing them and loves them and they're super successful. And, um, so it's always great to hear when, yeah. you know, it's actually 
people are like, yeah, I'm doing it and it's cool. Right. Good. I feel like this is the first year I actually have settled into it, to be honest. Okay. I think um, we just finished planning this summer's tour, like last week. Right. And this was the first year where I was like, man, that was easy. You know, yeah. like the it's logistics, like it's like, yeah, we have our system now. Now we're on, I wouldn't say autopilot in a bad way. No, like but it's, it's like, you know, what works and you know how, what to expect and yeah. you know how to interact. Yep. Yeah. I feel like every year was always really nerve wracking. Are people going to say yes to this? Like, you know, just all the things that make you scared when you're right. asking people to, Hey, can I come to your home and play a show? But also it's very specific as right. to how it's going to work. Right. You follow my rules. Right. You know what I mean? Even follow though it's your house. For your home. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but this was the first year where I just felt really settled and it was a really smooth process. And I'm, I'm super grateful for that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. So, so now talking about, as we're kind of winding to a close through this journey, talking about the last album, All We've Got, uh, two things I want to ask. One thing is, Brandon, I want to I know what is one of the most personal stories you have from writing this album. And then, Jackie, I really want to know with, that, with the last moments of being with your dad and him getting to hear the album before it was finished uh, was like for you as well. So, Brandon, we'll start with you. Man, I really wish I had this question in advance. <laughs> <laughs> You want me to go first? You can. Sh- yeah, no. absolutely. No. Yes. Did you just go say ahead. no. Go oh, ahead. okay. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah. So my dad passed away um, very quickly after we got back from recording the album. Right. He was in the hospital. I didn't really know much of it. My parents were. My family was really gracious to allow us the space sure. while we were recording to be kind of in the dark. But really, he was at the end for that entire process while we were recording. And so when we got back, he was already in the hospital, and it was already quickly towards the end. And so um, our producer was kind enough to send over some premature tracks, even though he never, ever, ever does that Mm -hmm. for anybody. (laughs) Um, And he let me have the first three tracks, unedited just as they were when we left. And um, the very first day I got home, I brought my... Um, speaker and I blasted it in the hospital and we listened to it together and my best friend Katie caught the whole thing on camera on her phone and I have that memory forever and it's like the greatest video and the greatest gift I I have because he's he was just so excited about the sound the music my voice just he was just really really proud and that is so amazing in itself but to have it documented is yeah I mean, it, there's there's no greater gift, and I post it probably once a year just because I want the world mm. to cry. Yep, yep. <laughs> I've done it two years in a row. Yes, now, so. <laughs> yes. But also, it's just like it's my most prized possession. Yes, so when I, absolutely. You know, when it was Father's Day or his birthday, or we just celebrated his one year anniversary of his yeah. death like two weeks ago, and um, and it's it's so it's just so great to have that video. I mean, yeah. like it's it's all the, it's the only thing I can say is right. like, it's such a gift that I have that forever. Right. So absolutely. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, we're going in these really fun new directions with just b- in our business and our sure. lives. And I think a lot of it is actually because my dad has passed. Sure. Um, because he was such a mama rose and I always felt yeah. like if I wasn't doing this and trying to be a star and be famous, right. I was a failure. Right. Like most people who like right. want to be, do- parents want them to be doctors. Right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to be a musician. Right. I was, right. I was a loser. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. No, no, no. <laughs> but I know what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, so it's been it's um I'm, it's I'm I'm in a welcome phase now of like understanding what it means to not have him. Uh, about it took me about a year, like most people, I imagine, right. to start to figure out what life looks like without somebody so influential. Right. In mm-hmm. my career, right. as well as being a parent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Brandon, you're up with that question. Yeah. Can you can you pose the question yeah, again? Yeah, no, right? absolutely. So, Brandon, as we're as we're wrapping to a close, I want to know what is the most uh, profound or impactful memory or story you have as a result of writing this album. I I think um, either tied to one song or one okay. experience or whatever. Yeah, I think the experience of writing the album itself. Um, you know, we had. I didn't think I could do it. Sure. I didn't think I could write a, a full album. And in fact, our producer was like, you know, try to have 15 songs and, and we'll whittle them down to the best 10. And right. um, we showed up with nine. Um, <laughs> I wrote, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell that part at the end. But um, so, you know, we had we had actually started reaching out to songwriters and, and friends of ours for, for trying to get songs, you right. know, because we were like, we're going to have to have have some, some other writers on this record. Like, um, in, I don't, I don't really remember what at what point I think we start we would get these songs and I would like oh, I kind of like it but I would do it differently and sure. you, you know you can't really do that yeah, it's not yeah, a collaboration right, this yeah, is, here's a song if you want to cut it yep, cut it yep. and um and and I think it was just through that process that I, w- I was just like you know what no I I want to do this I want to do this full record I don't want anyone else to to be you know writer a right. songwriter on it right absolutely um and and I just kind of put my head down and I did it and it's funny because the the first song on the record easier um is for me it was really a song about writing songs right and of course being the way life likes to be ironic i wrote that song in about 10 minutes yeah and it was like the easiest song on the record to <laughs> right, write. right right and um and then on the other hand um all we've got which ended up being the the title track of the record was a song um that i had like you know some kind of like little melody and chord structure to it for for a bit and it was kind of the one that we figured okay this is going to be the the has to be the last song because we need one more song and i would be in the basement um at, at our producer's house like working on this thing and and it was um i guess uh two days after the the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. And um, and it was just, it kind of, it that's really what the song's about. You know, it's gotcha. about the fact that there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of shit going on, yeah. you know, today. Yeah. Um, and you watch the news and, and sometimes you want to pull back and turn, turn away from it. But I think as artists, it's, it's really our jobs to uh, observe and absorb as much of the world around us as we can. And then, you know, hopefully put it back in a song that that's worth hearing, you know? Right. Um, and so, yeah, that, that song came out of that, that tragedy and, and, um, kind of that's, I think when we decided, I think that'll just be the name of the record, yeah. you know? So this yeah. has been good. Yeah. Well, this has been after the encore, this has been the Gibbons is. And if there is one last piece of advice you could give anybody who's listening, what would it be? What? In like regards to what? What topic? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got it. It's fine. I have a blanket one. Oh, sorry. Um, go with your gut. If you know that you have a good gut, don't question it. I would say that like the best things that happened to me are when I made massive shifts when they felt just right, even though they were ludicrous to do. Mm. But I learned very early on that I could trust my gut. So when I was off course, I knew to just pull up and start over and do something else. And that's what got me in a lot of fantastic places. So yeah, that's it. And if people want to follow you and see what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that? They can go to the Uh, the, and then it's G I B B O N S E S dot com. Perfect. <laughs> or we're on social media, all of the Perfect. places. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all so much. This has been a delight and I look forward to many, many, many great albums in your future. Thanks. Thank you so much for having this us. This was fantastic. Thank you. 
podcast is powered by Roberts Media Group, your resource for podcast development. For more programming and advertising opportunities, please visit us at robertsmediagroup.co.